0: Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch.
1: Selling a little or a lot? Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chat bot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: G'day, welcome to the Shelter Footy
0: Cast. Will Schofield and my co host, Mark Redding. Skeet, how are you, mate? I'm going really well, Scully. Great to be here. It's a public holiday on the East Coast, but we're just uh, chugging along. In fact, I chugged along to uh, this magnificent studio in my Kia thanks to Tony Salerno and the oh. team at Austin Park. So they're doing a beautiful job. And uh, look at you, you get excited. They don't have any spare Kias lying around today. Not sure.
2: Okay, <laughs> Well, we are on that. the Shelter
0: Footy <laughs> Cast, exactly. Skeet.
2: But I'm sure they look after you down there. Very nicely done down there at Kia. Um, uh, how was the weekend? Your weekend good? I mean,
0: when was the last time you had a public holiday? You mentioned public, you wouldn't have had a public holiday for no. years And you know what? As a journalist, you have six weeks of your holiday, and that's because most people get four, you work every public holiday But most of the time, if you're working at the footy, which I did last Monday for the Derby, today working, and it's Collingwood-Melbourne So, a huge game, I think the biggest Queen's birthday holiday match we've seen for some time, because Melbourne's under the pump, Collingwood's playing good footy <laughs> Should be a beauty. Melbourne's under the pump now.
2: Thanks to Shelter, we do this footy cast preview review. It's a West Australian theme. We look after the Eagles. We go through the Dockers, and I'm talking. We do have to look after West Coast this year because they've had an absolute stinker. But we'll keep doing them. They've had a buy this year, uh, this week. Thank God. <laughs> this we Oh, very good. You can find us on Shelter uh, Instagram uh, across socials, so Shelter Footy Cast. You can find us on YouTube. If you're listening along, you can watch us. You can see Skeet's glorious uh, wardrobe come to life every week. Looking beautiful today, I must add,
0: uh, Mark Reddings. You got anything to say about my outfit today? No, it's just regulation scully on a Monday morning. Just I roll out of bed and come downstairs. Do you like my beanie? I love it. It's, a, it's a good. It Sue, do you look like a fisherman's wharf type man? <laughs> shelterbrewing.com.au, uh, our
2: beer. Click on that and you can find the Shelter Footy Cast page. So that's where you find a Shelter, of course, they've got a beautiful big brewery down at uh, Basso near the jetty down there. Have you ever been down
0: to that jetty and that and and out to the end? I have been. It's I think it's, it's at one point five k's each way. You would, it's, have, you would it's, have caught the train. No, no not at all. I've really enjoyed it. I, I walked out there. It's, obviously, we know the jetty; it's world famous. But the venue itself for the shelter brewery, when you first get there, you think, well, what is this? You know, you know, it's a it's a. Big set up and then you walk inside and, no, it's terrific. Uh, be nice an and awesome blowy at the weekend, I've got to say, but uh, get rid of the flyers. That, that's what that'll do. It'll just it'll get
2: rid of all the flyers, get rid of any, any, anything going on down there getting stuck into the beers, spoke to the boys, getting some people back through down there, down at the restaurant. There's a bit more travellers coming back in. That's great. Great to see.
0: And look, thank goodness we're open for business right across the state.
2: Very good. All right, let's get into it. Our big moment of the round. I reckon there's a couple, one West Australian one and one uh, AFL land one. Let's quickly touch on the big West Australian issue. Nat Fife returns. You called the game on the weekend. I was watching in the
0: media box next to you. How did you see his return overall? Yeah, I think it was a positive in, in so many ways because there was always the concern that his return might just upset the chemistry, particularly when he w- went into the midfield. But that wasn't an issue. He, he played a bit forward, of course, and I thought he wasn't outstanding. He didn't have to be outstanding, and that is a positive for Fremantle because Andy Brayshaw, Caleb Sarong, the guys that have been getting the job done for a while now, continued their roles. And look, at one stage, I, I did question... How it was how it was panning out? Because you had David Mundy on a wing, yes, at the start. I just he's not—that's on his go. He's an inside player, and obviously you don't expect him to be. having to darken <laughs> up and, <laughs> and back. <laughs> Thirty-six years. He's I've been 30. doing that for twenty-five years. Exactly. So that that was an interesting one. But yeah, five moving forward. I think it really worked well because, as good as he is, he wasn't um, a player that took over the the game and the game style. I think he blended in pretty well. Um, he did spend. I, my observation was he spent a lot
2: more time deep forward than I thought he would. So yeah. basically his first quarter time stamp which effectively was duplicated across the quarters. He started in the first center bounce. He played 5 minutes on ball. He went to the straight to the bench. So they gave him a quick hit, bench, uh swap with Will Brody who went inside and then uh 5 came back on straight into the midfield again and then went forward for the rest of the quarter. So it was it was sort of a 5 minute hit, bench, 5 minute hit then full forward and out of the goal square, and he pretty much did that the whole
0: time. Yeah. So nine times when there was a centre bounce, he was inside the centre circles. Eight times when there was a bounce to start the the uh, restart the game, he was in the, the goal square. So it was very much 50-50 between centre square yeah. and goal square. Yeah,
2: and it was, yeah, which which I guess we spoke about would happen, but I. I pr- uh, s- some sort of people I spoke to and different things. I thought he might actually play more midfield, but clearly they're happy with him playing as a forward. I think in the second half he s- started looking more dangerous as a forward. And mind you, he finished the game with the second most contested possessions out of anybody.
0: That's yeah, yeah that, that that got under the, the guard for me. I didn't didn't realize that. Look, as you said though, he didn't do anything spectacular, but that's what Fremantle want him to obviously play his role. I and mean, he has a blinder, so be it. But first game in a long time, go. It's it's a it's a reasonable. Way to tick it off. He's he's a good player, but he's also
2: missed a lot of footy. So it'll take him a little bit to get back, but he will just be – he'll continue to grow, and then I think in a month's time we'll be like, oh, that's right, Nat Five's an absolute superstar. Exactly.
0: Just briefly, they've yes. got a
2: buy now. So he would have preferred to have kept rolling. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Sometimes it's good mentally, though. All right, he's ticked that box. He's come back. He's he's done it uninjured. I, there was a couple of contexts where I reckon he was a little bit sore, maybe, which is a good thing. If you can get through and be sore, but – you're fine, mm. that's, a, that's a, something in your mind that you can take a big hit and know what it's like. I think compared to the waffle the week before, he looked like a beast in the waffle, didn't he? He, he looked like a, a man against children, whereas on the weekend, he, he just looked quite normal, I thought. So I reckon he would have come up against some pretty big, strong defenders down there for Hawthorne. And James Sicily, for one, yeah. uh, he
0: gave him a little bit of a, a bit of a push and shove, but it roughed him up a bit, But yeah, which is good. It's, just, it's, it's good. All right, so the other big issue,
2: which is across the AFL, and this is this is a bigger issue than just this issue, if I'm honest, is uh, Bailey Smith. Um, so we did speak about this in the preview last week uh, a little bit. Um, there was the headbutt issue with Smith. He got reported. Um, and so sort of, it was sort of starting to rumble along a little bit. But over the weekend... Uh, uh, probably on the Friday or Saturday. Photos started coming out. I reckon I got sent it by 10 different people. Videos of Smith on a dance floor at a party uh, appearing to uh, partake in uh, illegal activities. And then there was a photo, apparently with illicit substance flashing in front of a camera. So that all started coming out. And then I guess the issue on top of that is how it was handled post that. How, how did you see it all from... From the
0: weekend, and where do you sit now on it and bear in mind, this uh, happened these incidents happened back in December, I think, or certainly yes, a while ago, so look like, maybe it 's the parent coming at of me, but I see a young bloke that 's had was, wasn 't a partier wasn 't a drinker to my knowledge mm-hmm. was a fairly much uh, wasn 't that social in terms of what we 're seeing in these these photos. And the publicity, the attention he's received, it's come pretty quickly. He's playing some good footy as well, which has been a credit to him. As a, as a parent, and you're a parent, but as, as someone who's got uh, daughters who are 21, for instance, there are mistakes that are made. And he's obviously in an unusual environment in, in terms of footy and the attention he receives. And he admitted came out, and I thought he spoke pretty honestly. A lot of players will come out and uh, deflect and, and try to, if not blame others. But he, I think he took on board what he did wrong. And, look, he might cop, obviously, a strike next to his name. He might cop a couple of weeks suspension by the AFL or the Western Bulldogs. But, you know, I I feel a sympathy for Barley Smith. I'm hoping that he can get through this period. He said he suffered from um, some mental issues after the grand final particularly. So um, that is an excuse used by a lot of athletes at times, some of which I think are are fabricated. But I think this one is genuine, and I have genuine sympathy for him, and I hope he gets himself back to a decent spot. So on the... So there's some there's lots of
2: elements here, right? So drug drug use in society and in the AFL, there's the illicit drug policy with the AFL. There's the way it was handled in terms of the statements that came out, and then there's the mental health element as well. So I'll go the mental health element, and and I guess the way it's referred to is the mental health card that gets played. Yep. I would say when mistakes, uh, well, when issues like this come about, right? You've got everyone has choices in their life. When you make poor decisions and poor choices, that is a mental issue, right? It doesn't mean you have depression. It doesn't mean you have uh, high levels of mental health issues. But it is a mental issue. You know, drug use, uh, alcohol abuse, uh, relationship issues. They're all mental. And so I I do realise that, well, he's he's played the mental health card. I understand that. But that's exactly what it is. So I think there's still a stigma around... uh, one what exactly is mental health issues i think i think it can actually be quite broad scoping and yes sometimes it can be used as an excuse but it's also actually a reason it's why things happen is your decision making process around things so the drug taking element um i think it's relatively prevalent in society especially for young
0: people that age bracket for sure
2: that age bracket for sure um and so i don't i'm not i'm not shocked at all uh i I think that the fact that it's come out publicly only shocks people, but he's not the only person his age doing that.
0: No, but just explain to me. Now, I'm in my early 50s and you're quite a bit younger than me, so just tell me the mindset of of people of filming photos in these situations, and if you're Bailey Smith and, and someone's taking a picture or, or, or on their, their phone of you with this bag of alleged illicit substance in clear view of everyone. Um, I would say that what- is poor decision making by but it happens Smith. all the time though Scoey.
2: yeah i think people have their phones up and ready not necessarily to catch people out and i know that it, it comes out that way but when you're out and you're well known people take photos of you people there's videos there's always cameras of you always and so it, the good ones come out and you don't notice but it's when the bad ones come out it's like oh why are they why are they out to get him well it's just all the time so from bailey smith's point of view if that's what he's going to be
0: doing, it needs to be... Yeah, but bear in mind, you've got... You, you talk about this, but there are there are people that do it knowingly. I know they share it amongst their friends and eventually gets out, Nadia Bartel and and all that went through. And it's a constant with young people. Now, that sounds really archaic-y, but if you're doing something a bit dodgy, if you're on, on the drink or if you're doing something like Barley Smith has, has admitted to, why would you allow or why would you be happy for someone to be taking photos if, in, unless he's... Yeah. I yeah, oh, for the fairies. I,
2: I, I yeah, I don't know. Um I think he's gonna be smarter with that. But then I guess that moves us into uh the actual dealing of it. I was pretty impressed by the honesty mm. and um and coming out and, and really owning what had happened. I think you're right. You'd see a lot of clubs and players deflect there. We don't know what's in the in the there's no way to prove what he was holding. Uh we don't know what's happened, we don't know when it was, you know, you could, you could be quite vague but they were pretty direct with it, um, said what it was, uh, admitted that it had happened and, and then sort of put it on himself, didn't didn't shirk much blame, uh, I know people say all well, the mental health card was played but that's his own mental health, that's still him, it's still his decision, it's still his issue to, to bear so I was pretty impressed by that because I don't think many handle it that way and I think I think us in the media, or certainly fans, it's a lot easier to move on from um, you know how the news cycle goes. If you have got questions and you don't know what's happening, it hangs around. I.e., Melksham v May last week, they didn't they didn't come out and say what had happened, and so the media just go to ground and they go looking what, for what actually happened. Yeah. If you just come out and say what happened, where do you go from there? From a media or fan point of view, it's like well, okay, that's what's happened. Uh, what
0: else is there to say? Exactly. So look in this situation, and this is me. I'd rather have Bailey Smith under my wing uh, as a, a young man and learning from his mistakes than Stephen May, to be honest. Stephen May's a great player, but twice now, have you've got uh, players from your own club... Him at different clubs. That's <laughs> Says something about it. Barley Smith, look, we're not being soft, but we think he was uh, as strong and as honest as he could have been under the circumstances. Just to finish it, Luke Beveridge has come out and said that we should be scrapping
2: the illicit drug pro- policy altogether because uh, it's not it's not doing what it's meant to do. And it's worth noting that the AFL is a bit of a standalone in that element, uh, the, the, the illicit drug policy that they do have, which is not to do with in competition drug use, it's uh, during the week. Uh, there's hair testing, there's strike policies, um, which the AFLPA have come out and said that they are reviewing. So we it'll be a you know be a piece we, we continue to watch over the next month or so. Let's get into the West Coast Fremantle wrap now. West Coast, very briefly, they are on the buy, and as I said at the start of the show, it feels like they've been on the buy for the first part of this season. Uh, they. Hopefully, we'll get some players back. Dom Sheed played
0: well in the waffle on the weekend, I believe. Had over 30 touches. Willie Rioli played. Little Liam Ryan was back. That's right. So there's a a bit there. And we expect, if he's fit enough, that Elliot Yo, having served a suspension, will be available to take on Jong. Do you think he will return? In fact, do you think Sheed looked pretty good? So I'd imagine he'd play against the Cats. He'd have to.
2: And Liam Ryan, Willie Rioli, they've come off hamstrings, so if they've played one game they won't play them again in the waffle, so they'll come back. And I spoke to Alio last week and he said he's coming back. So there you go. There's four pretty big ma- big names coming back for West Coast. And they need
0: it. Let let's be honest. Um we think of North Melbourne we'll discuss them later, but the Eagles just need to get something. I mean, you don't have to be winning. Uh, every game from here on in. But they have to be competitive. And sure, they'd like to pick up three or four victories in the the back half of the season because it's an extraordinary long year. And they're going to get a high draft pick. That's no question. But I think, yeah, the the patience of of a lot of people is just wearing thin with some of the performances that we've seen. But that's with no personnel. I'd get Jai Cully in there too for what it's worth. Now, Fremantle Dockers, you called that
2: game. Spoke a little bit about off the top. uh, Nat Fyfe's role in the game, but... It was, again, another role-playing game. It was another one where you look at the stat sheet and you look at the team sheets and you think, wasn't too many standout players, but a good win by Freo in the end.
0: It was, because I thought Hawthorne were really good. And Sam Mitchell, with his developing group, they've are going to they've gone some, through some ups and downs and they fell away badly against Sydney. They had to come back from, I think, seven or eight goals down against Carlton, got within a point. So they, they've shown signs that they are on the right track. And I actually enjoyed watching Hawthorne. They're an yeah. exciting side. They yeah. moved the ball quickly. They've, you know, they're missing, missing Mitch Lewis, but they've got enough there that I think they're on the right path. But so too, conversely, the, the Dockers. It was a win that at times you thought, are they going to be able to respond to this because they were ten points down at halftime. They they looked out of their comfort zone, but they found a way, and yeah. that was really important. So no, I was I was impressed with um, the character they showed, and that's one of those wins I look back on perhaps at the end of the home and away season and and tick off. Even though it was Hawthorne – and, and Melbourne was better and so was Brisbane. But, but you know, it's like you said it was a, yeah. a big danger game and it was just that. Yeah, it was. I mean, the the line going into the
2: game was like 39 points to Hawthorne, which was outrageous. Hawthorne were going to be closer than that. Um, I caught up with Sam Mitchell before the game and he spoke about, in generalities, because he knows I'm in the media, media so he didn't give me too much, but he did speak about their centre-bounce work, that he knew that Hawthorne had been worse in the comp at that. But on the weekend, they broke even with Fremantle Dockers' side, who have been very good. So that was a big way that Hawthorne improved. They wanted to bring pressure against Fremantle, which they did. I thought their pressure was outstanding, Hawthorne. But Fremantle matched it. They brought the pressure back the other way. The way Hawthorne played, it required Freo to play a very good brand of football to win, which they did, which I thought was ultra impressive. As impressive as Melbourne and Brisbane, in my mind. Mm. You go to Melbourne... Um, at the MCG, that's how that's built up. You know, beat the best side away from home. It's a big game for the club. You do that, then you come, uh, you've come got to play Brisbane, right? And, and you've got to win against them on your home deck. They're a firing offensive team. You have the motivation. So you, you beat the two best sides in the comp, then you play Hawthorne, who are not the best side in the comp and that's why it's such a good win because you have to grind that out. They had some great performers on the day. Brayshaw had 37. He's going to be up there in the brown at the moment. He's been outstanding. Hayden Young, very good 31 off the back flank. We're going to talk about him a little bit later, Skeet. Um, O'Meara for Hawthorne was quite good 30 and Sicily, I thought, was very good for Hawthorne. He, he, he intercept, I reckon he had about seven intercept marks,
0: one-on-one as well, not floating around by himself. He was good as a one-on-one defender. Yeah, whether it's against Logue or other forwards, he was just able to do that. And he's got that physical presence. He flies the flag and he's a great leader and you can you can tell why they've given even though I don't agree with five year contracts you can tell why they've given him a long-term deal to be the man to take them potentially to the next premiership or close to it. It's a great
2: win so they get five back which is great. As you spoke about they lost to Collingwood by four points, Melbourne by ten points, Carlton by one point, and now Fremantle by thirteen points. So Hawthorne, although they've lost those four they're against good sides. That's a good good win for Freo but it does come at a big I think this is a big cost Underrated cost. Blake Akers has done a hamstring.
0: uh, Looked quite visibly upset when he'd done it. He, of course, did his hamstring tendon. Tore it off the bone. That's what I thought when I was seeing those tears. He thought, well, it's not a garden variety hamstring here because, you know, it's a couple of weeks, you've got to buy. But if if there's a tendon-related aspect to it, his season now is in jeopardy, if that's the case. That's perhaps why the emotion was there. They've come out and said that that's not what it is, um, which is a positive thing for
2: Blake. But... Just being a player that's been through injury myself, um, the I reckon the emotion would have been around how good the team's playing, how good of a season he's having, and then you've hurt a, a part of your body that you've hurt before, and so you always go to the the worst part. Oh, no, I've done my tendon again. But apparently, hopefully for Blake, um, that that isn't the case. Nicknamed Shakers, I believe, which is I thought it was quite...
0: Shakers yeah, Acres. Yeah, it's very good, it's actually. It's not bad, actually. Yeah. And to be honest with you, when he came to the club... I thought, oh, here comes another recycled player. I know he's coming home. Um, I didn't quite grasp what he was going to add to, to the group. That's being totally honest. Yeah. And, and even last year, I think I still had that same question. Uh, but this year, it's fallen to place for him, and I'm really happy for him, and, and happy to be proven incorrect. Said it before, I reckon he's top five in their best and fairest. Hopefully,
2: he's only out for a couple of weeks. You are right here on the Shelter Footy Cast. <laughs> Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, taking you through. All the best from the weekend. Uh, that was the western side of things. What about the rest of the round, Skeet? This is on Thursday night. We're going to go back a little bit for this. Seems Ri- a long time ago. Richmond defeated Port by 12 points. We both picked Richmond. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, we both picked Freo, by the way. Um, That's correct. I've, I've finally found a way to get on the right side with the Dockers. Uh, a big issue out of this one was the big head clash between uh, Jonas and Butters late sure. in the game. Um, look, it's it's a... Decently long conversation, but how I felt on it is uh, he, there's no way that I could give a medical opinion on this, right? Do no, they, they've got a medical – I've got a doctor there who's eminently qualified, as, as Ken Hinckley said. And he would be impartial and he would be completely professional and his first role would always be his player's health. But, Skeet, I do think it's time now to get an independent concussion expert at every game. They've got it in the NFL. I know that's not what we compare ourselves to, but the reason being – I know what the relationship between club doctor and player is. Not only uh, does he handle injuries, but he is your personal doctor. He's confident. He is he, he you I, there wouldn't have been a week in my 14 years that I didn't put my head into the doctor's office. Really? Right? mate, it's just like just to say g'day, say g'day, or you're always dealing with injuries. You're either always got a niggle that you're trying to get through, you're, you're coming back from an injury, you are injured. So you've got weekly check-ins with the doctors. And then of course, like anything personal, you've got prescription medicine, you've got any, anything else you need to see a doctor for. So you have a personal relationship with this person. Now, it does not matter how tight your personal integrity, your professional integrity is. If you're connected to someone, these doctors do not work at footy clubs because they want to make heaps, heaps of money. They could go and make way more money, have more flexible hours, not have to travel with the team every second week, go work in a private practice. They work at the club. Because they love they, it. They love footy and they love their team. And so when a decision needs to be made that impacts the win and loss of your, of your team, it, like, I'm not questioning integrity. I'm not. It's not their fault. It's human nature that even if it's 1%, it's it's very different to someone who's independent from both teams.
0: So what you're saying is uh, it's out to stadium on the weekend, Hawthorne playing Fremantle, uh even if it's just one concussion expert is at the yep. ground boundary Correct. side for for that type. So whether it's Hawthorne, whether it's Fremantle, they go and see him for that assessment. Employed by the AFL, they've got access to vision, they've got a they've got
2: complete uh, authority over both sides. If they see something that they think uh, needs to be assessed. It gets assessed, and then, and it's just taken out of everyone's hands. And then there's no controversy. It's like, well, you're an independent doctor. You can't question it. And and I'm not I'm not even saying you can question club doctors, but I do think the incident on the weekend, Butters and Jonas smashed heads together like a car accident. Now, okay, hopefully there is no concussion. But the club doctor won't know that. And I think if that was an independent person, they would have both come off for review.
0: I, I'm fairly confident with that. I mean, it's a huge head knock. Yeah, true. And you're wanting just to add some more bodies uh, on the boundary line to, for the AFL to uh, keep... They've got uh, plenty of money, skate On the yeah, uh, yeah. concussion issue. Now, on the Thursday night, speaking of which, Port, no Ruckman. Just completely devoid of anyone who might resemble a Ruckman. Finlayson was the guy that I saw jumping in the air trying to compete against Curvis and Soldo. So they've got a two-prong attack,
2: Richmond, and he did quite well. I was actually pretty impressed. Um, Had 10 touches in the first half, matched them with hit-outs. It could have been a coaching masterstroke if Port Adelaide go and win, but they don't. They, of course, lose by 12 points. Um... I don't know where Port Adelaide season sits if we talk about these two sides. No carefully. man's land. Yeah. Yeah. They're cooked, I reckon.
0: Yeah, and they're not playing bad footy, no. but they've just, when you're zero on five, you give up so much space to the opposition. They're playing catch up. And, and look, if they'd won, they were beaten after the siren in the showdown. If they've yes. they'd won two or three more games, there's, there's momentum. They've got a good young list, and they've got. Lots they, of talent. they played quite well. They did. Uh, and they challenged and they, they really fought hard and they got in front, I think, in the second half. But yes, Richmond. Uh, Real deal? Look, we know they're a great side over the past five years. I don't think they're at that same level. Yep. But again, they're in good form. They're winning, they're winning regularly. And uh, it sets it up beautifully for Thursday night against the Blues, which, of course, we'll discuss in a couple of days. Oh, that's actually a big game. Carlton, talking about Carlton,
2: they defeat Essendon by 26 points at the MCG. We both picked Carlton. Congratulations once again. Two from two here, Skate, or three from three if we include uh, Frio. Uh, it was uh, Essendon's 150th uh, anniversary of their football club, and they did a bit of big song and dance, literally, the start of the game. Dyson Heppel was surrounded by former greats and his current team. They went down to the goal square in front of the cheer squad, and he was clearly emotional, um, gave a stirring speech. And I've, I've heard uh, Matty Lloyd spoke about it, who was a past player in that circle. And he said it was that good of a speech that he wanted to go out and play, um, even though he probably probably couldn't have done He said it was a terrific moment to be a part of, yep. which I think's great. I, I think it was probably the last lever that Essendon had to pull. But then when you don't win and you give up a bit of an insipid performance, like honestly, like Carlton's great, like they're going well, but Essendon come out and it's... You know, they score 54 points, I think, for the day. It's like you've just you've just had your captain pour your heart out, ripping his jumper, and if you can't perform after that, well, where, where else is there uh, left to go? But I
0: thought it's an actually, I thought they gave. They right. gave something, but their methodology looks completely they look lost. Yeah, the methodology looks all, all over the shop. So whether that lays at the feet of Ben Rutten or not, I'm not too sure. Absolutely it does. Now, I do not go after people or
2: coaches or players that often. But the reason I'm going to do this to Ben Rutten is because he left one of his players out to dry, Jake Stringer, in the post-match press conference, and I wasn't impressed at all. Your football club, Ben Rutten, is going absolutely god-awful. You look lost on the field. You've clearly got issues internally, and you can't perform, yet someone asked a question about Jake Stringer, who's come back off a hamstring. He had nine touches. He had one behind. We've seen this this before from Jake Stringer, though. And, And Rutten hung him out to dry. Said, we need... More from our senior player. He's a senior player needs to play better. Just come off a hamstring. There's 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 blokes going worse than Jake Stringer at your football club, and have a look at yourself internally as well. Ben Run, I I didn't like that at all, Dan. And Mm. you know I don't prickle too much like that, but I didn't like
0: it. So I think it is on Ben Run. Okay, absolutely, I do. Uh, Um, Dylan Shield, by the way, I thought was better. Merrick gets a lot of the footy. Heppel trying to hard, but yeah, they're. They are just a, they're a nothing side this year. And that's obviously they're not winning, but just wonder what they're. You can look at Hawthorne, see the progress, see where they're heading. Essendon, not sure at the moment. Yeah, they're gone. Um, see you later. Uh, Brisbane
2: defeated St Kilda by 21 points. Both picked Brisbane. Tell you what, we are. Well, we've gone the favourites, let's be <laughs> honest. They've only been double $1.30 and shorter. <laughs> so they they win by 21 points. I thought it was a good game. Uh, there's some injuries to come out of the game. Lockie Neal had 37 touches. He'll be close to leading the Brown, though, you'd think?
0: Yeah, I mean, Andy Brayshaw has to be, at least from where we sit in the in the conversation. Yep. But no, Lockie Neal, proven vote winner. And uh, 37, another example of his uh, worth. Joe Danaher returning. A, King at one end, Danaher the other. It is nice. I love seeing the, the the big star forwards. Yeah, going toe well, we so to toe. We don't we
2: don't see enough. Like you know, that's that's what the nineties was right, or the eighties and nineties. Those big key forwards at either end, and you just had fullback in the in the goal square. <laughs> Silvani, one yeah. Steve Silvani, Ash
0: McIntosh, all sitting back going, oh, no. Steve Silvani
2: like, will go down as one of the great fullbacks of all time. He had bags and bags and bags on of him.
0: goals kicked on him because it was him V1 yes. inside the forward half and sometimes. Having said that, he used to – think about chopping the arms now. He used to hold them by the jumper and scrap <laughs> and scrape and not get penalised. So it sort of worked out both ways. Sauce was a gun, but you're right, with Lockett and Dunstall and – And Salmon and Ablett and Sumich, good luck. There were some big
2: injuries to come out. So Mitch Owens, who's a a good young player for St Kilda, he gets subbed out with a head clash uh, before half time with Lincoln McCarthy. Uh, Dane Zorko out with a hamstring. So he's had a great year. He's been playing half back for Brisbane. Um, He was subbed out uh, halfway through the third with a hammy. So not good news for the aging Brisbane star. Daniel McKenzie from, from, uh, from St Kilda goes out with another concussion. And Zach Jones does a hammy. So St Kilda lose and then they lose. Daniel McKenzie and Zach Jones more than Ow- Owens' important parts of the way they've been playing. Uh, they'll want to reset and, and go again, but disappointing for them to finish that way. Uh, and this was the match-up of the round this one, We're not going to spend too much time on this. This was a shocking game to watch. GWS v North Melbourne. Uh, Giants won by 50 point, 49 points. It was all over a quarter time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was... Look, mate, it was exactly as advertised. GWS absolutely dominated North Melbourne. The North didn't score in the first almost two quarters. They they were all at sea. They kicked some goals in the second half. I don't know where North Melbourne's at. they were even worse than Essendon, clearly. Uh, Jason Horn francis is going to get weak, so their best player
0: pretty much. He, he looks as if he gets a bit frustrated, whether it's with the team's performance or his yeah. own performance. But we know he's a talent, and he hasn't signed a contract, which isn't... Overly, would you, un- would you sign a contract? Well, at North at the moment, if you were the number one draft pick and best player, would you be rushing to the Well, table? given the way the team is is structured and the way it's playing, probably you're entitled to sit back and wait a bit. So that's what he's doing. Um, they are expecting it to be a record low crowd. I think they've got thirteen thousand there, which uh, is above the odds. So <laughs> they were thinking but, in less than ten. But I want to ask you about one guy that has has talk about transformations or certainly a change with a new coach. And Harry Himmelberg has been. Uh, thrust from a forward who you thought wasn't comfortable or wasn't a natural to to down back where he's just Grasp it again like a, like a natural fit. Yeah, so McVay's come in and started to play guys where they want to –
2: well, not where they want to play, where they should be playing. I think Leon Cameron used to try and play a bit of a, a role and structure-based team, which is which is great, but sometimes teams aren't made up like that and players aren't made up like that. So Cornelio, go, Cornelio goes into the middle. He's been dominating in the midfield. He had th- three goals and 30 touches on the weekend, like a huge game. But Harry Himmelberg, he was drafted as a as a backman, and, and he's been playing forward for the most part of his career because who else have GWS had? Uh, the, the, the forward pairing for a while there was uh, Jeremy Cameron, of course. But then no Jeremy Cameron leaves. Uh, You've got Jesse Hogan down there. But Finn Layson used to play down there before he went to Port. I, I just haven't liked Himmelberger as a forward. I don't think he looks like a natural forward. I'll tell you what he looks like, a natural backman. He had 36 touches. <laughs> yeah,
0: we went at the mark. 37
2: touches, 16 marks. It, or Unfortunately it was against the North Melbourne side So hard to remember. judge Yeah correct But uh, they're looking good GWS They're playing their players when they need to play jo- uh, Josh Kelly goes inside a lot more um, I'm liking what I see out of there But I'm not going to take too much out of that game That was a trash game uh, Collingwood v Melbourne So I know it's the uh, review But we're going to have a look at a bit of a preview
0: For this afternoon's game and it's a big freeze It's a huge day yeah, And I've never been to a Queen's birthday game To be honest with you But given uh, what Neil Danaher has done And we saw him on Thursday and Friday night as part of the Essendon uh, celebrations but he'll be there today uh, the big free so many celebrities raising money for MND which is a a terrible affliction and um, got a brother-in-law who's going through that as well it's just it's horrendous so uh, Neil is uh, an example of of living with it and he probably isn't the best example in some ways because he's he's lived a lot longer than than this disease will often allow others so uh, a terrific cause And importantly, from a footy perspective, a really good matchup between Collingwood, who is in good form, and Melbourne. And fascinating to see their response after a couple of losses, but also the off-field dramas they've gone through. I think it will result in Melbourne coming out and firing.
2: But if it doesn't, I will then flip my hat from, I think, Melbourne are and They've got a couple of bumps in the road. If they come out and lose to Collingwood today, and, and they don't look like they usually do, I think there's maybe some issues, because I think it's a danger game for Melbourne. Yeah,
0: but just going very briefly, to what was said or allegedly said at the restaurant, couldn't that have, unless it's addressed pretty quickly by the group, can that fester? Yeah, it can, but that's exactly
2: right. I I, I don't know anything about Melbourne, but they do look like a very connected group. They do visibly look like, I see them after games, You see them do different things. I think they should have handled it like on the Monday morning, get everyone in, get everyone talking about it, ask your questions. Uh, deal with it not shake hands and make up like they, they may actually need a bit more time between the two of them but as a group right this is what's happened this is how it's been handled moving forward but in saying that that's not how the club handled it I don't think during the week in terms of their press conferences Max Gorn had to come out Simon Goodwin had to come out uh, the press came after Simon Goodwin a little bit after I think Melbourne maybe jumped the gun on uh, a Herald Sun story that perhaps was floating around, and so the Herald Sun came pretty rapidly for Melbourne, which uh, I'd been texting you about the week. Yes. during the week as well. When you when when a media uh, organization like the Herald Sun comes to you as a footy club and says, "Hey, we've got this story, we're going to go with it," usually they speak about it and say, "Okay, no worries, uh, give us some time to check it out, and you can release it sort of as we speak about it." Well, that happened, and then Melbourne jumped the gun, released it before the Herald Sun did, and I think <sighs> they were just a bit poked the bear, a little bit yeah, upset. Yeah. So then, then you see exclusive reports coming out about
0: Simon Goodwin during the week, which uh, I think maybe connect the dots, that's how that happens. So how it works in the media, if you, don't, uh, if you come first to, a, to an organisation, they uh, give you the brush off, then, then so be it. Now, by the way, some good names coming back, uh, for, yep. particularly one for Collingwood. Yep. Jamie Elliott. Yeah,
2: he'll be he'll be good to come back. He's just a weird player, Jamie Jamie Elliott. Like he's been a forward player for a long time, but he sort of plays a bit mid. He is an important part for them. So, who wins this?
0: A tip? i will tip Melbourne again. We're going on the trust factor of that. This last week and the last two weeks have been a little bump yes. in the road, but that's all. Uh, and Collingwood, um, oh, they've done enough to suggest they, that. Look, where are they at the moment? They're currently outside the eight by percentage. They've been good. We saw them against Fremantle. Outstanding. Carlton getting across the line. They've done a lot of good work in the past month. I just think Melbourne, on a big occasion, I think their quality will come through. I pick Melbourne
2: too. So there you go. We've absolutely cleaned out the tips this week. Very good. You are on the Shelter Footycast with Mark Reigns and Will Schofield. Shelter, XPA, X-Factor. So we're getting the slabs out to the boys for these ones. We need an X-Factor each week. Uh, Someone who, look, they might not be the very best player for the team, but they made the difference. And this week, surprise, surprise, no West Coast player involved here. Hayden Young is the X-Factor, XPA, Shelter, XPA, X-Factor. 31 touches, uh, 10 marks. Five inside 50s and six rebound 50s. So he's playing a very important part for Fremantle
0: Dockers. Young Young is very good good, I think. He's uh, <laughs> he's one of our favourite players. And I know yep. you, you had a bit of a man crush on radio the other night with him and you were sort of talking about defenders sticking together and all that sort of pooper Yeah, all <laughs> that sort of stuff. Victorians and all that. No, but he's a genuine star. And what we have also discussed is apart from what he can do as our – XPA, X-Factor man here in WA this week is, can he become not just a rebound defender? Does he have the ability to move up the ground and play as a a mid? I don't
2: think he does. I think you just leave him where he is. He's a very good rebounding defender. Um, They don't need him up the ground. Where does Hayden Chapman
0: play when he comes back?
2: Uh, I'm sorry, Heath Chapman. Yeah, Heath Chapman. yeah, it's a good question. I, I think probably Ethan Hughes makes way for him, and it's a pretty much like for like, and they get back to the back line that they probably had for most of the first half of the year. I, I think Hayden Young stays as a backman this year. I think that, yeah, I, sure. I don't, I don't, yeah but, but it has the potential to go forward. He's got beautiful foot
0: skill. So just it's just an You'd option. you like to see him on the wing. Well, I think there's scope for it, given that they're so well served down back, and he looks like a player that. Particularly with what he can do with his, his kicking that might be able to carve up some opposition sides.
2: Now, this the next little segment, the regional footy roundup, um, we get a slab of beers out to the uh, best regional footy story and, and that club. But I will say off the top, had a bit of feedback after last week's show about this. Mm. Apparently, at some regional footy clubs around the country, around the state, beers have been banned in the rooms
0: after the game. Yes. Now, look, I I did bring this up with you, and... And I I questioned it. And I asked somebody at the footy commission as well, because I think, without knowing the exact ruling, there was concern, not from the footy commission, I think, but there's been concerns about the licences for some clubs. And so some clubs, I think Savanti's might have been one that that has put the the kibosh on post-match drinks in the rooms. Obviously, the club rooms they can go back to, I'm guessing. But, yeah, it is a little bit weird... And look at you. You are completely flummoxed by this, aren't you?
2: What licence do you need to have a a bottle or a can of beer?
0: I'm just telling you what I was told. But that that is uh, apparently, in some cases... And look, to be honest with you, unless there's issues that that the police or the liquor licensing, I'm sure they're not going to come knocking on the door, but... Some clubs or some some parts of WA, there has been just, there has been squeezed, out. and that's like, the only reason some blokes play footy. Look, mate, to use your uh, uh, your words wordage here,
2: that sounds like a big load of pooperama to me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> You're kidding me, mate. Does that mean we can't have a beer in here? We need a license to crack a can of shelter.
0: Well, theoretically, yeah, but if there's thirty kidding. blokes and there's yeah, anyway there's sickening stuff. Oh, happening I'm here not at supporting that. W- I'm not supporting it, but I'm well, just relaying. I will tell place. you what, we're
2: doing. We're getting the slabs out to the boys and girls. That's what we're doing. Shelter footy cast. We get them coming to you. So this one's the best of the weekend. Alex Fry sends it through. Thanks, Alex. Remember to chuck your footy clubs here. Maybe we need to be uh, a little bit, you know, uh, anani- anonymous. Maybe uh, we can't say anyway. Anyway. Listen to this one. Had the buy over the uh, last long weekend, but last round, former docker and Saints speedster Brett Peake, yes. son of a gun yep Brian, Brian kicked 13 goals in the piss poor <laughs> wet and poor was spelt P-O-U-R yeah, which yeah. is beautiful stuff love that uh, very good Alex weather while playing for the Albany Sharks in the GSFL he bagged 9 by half time and all week on the training track he was convincing us he was going to Jag 10 so he's kicked 9 in the first half so he's had a bit of a quiet second half with just the 4
0: and 13 in the wet as, as Huddle said 13 <laughs> 13 <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen, buddy. <laughs>
2: Very good. Uh, that's good stuff there, Alex. Uh, slab coming out to you, mate. We're going to get your details and uh, love the stuff there. A couple of questions to finish off here um, uh, from the mailbag. Eighteen months on from sacking Jason Webber, Frio has had the fittest list in the league. Any insights about why they do what they're doing differently since his departure? Do you want me to give you an answer to this one?
0: I think it's best you do because I've got no idea how they've gone from being, well, with that horrible Injury run, riddled, right? Absolutely. For a long time. Why do you think that's changed?
2: Uh, I can't give a definitive answer, but if you're going to be shouting out Kia off the top, I will say <laughs> Fremantle Dockers have been doing a lot of Pilates. Yes. Right? Hang on, so, hang on. You've got, there's a very nice Pilates studio not far from here. I'm very happy to announce here on the Shelter Footycast that Nat Fife has been doing Pilates once a day does Pilates every day. And just so happens that his instructor, who works at Frio, is also an instructor at a former West Coast Eagle Premiership Player's wife's Pilates Studio, Studio Equilibre in Lath Lane, owned by none other than Alex Schofield. Wow, what a coincidence. Good, good bit, get, by this the way. A, good get. This is a big story. I'm gonna write I'm gonna write this up this week, I think. Nat Fife has been at my Pilates studio, my wife's Pilates, my wife's Pilates studio more than once a week, getting his body in order, in order to play in the AFL. So he, he,
0: he does Pilates every day, you're saying? Once a day? Yeah. So, one, so, so he, I shave once a day, he goes Pilates <laughs> once a day. Is that right? <laughs> that's correct. And so I think that's across the whole group. There's, there's a lot of
2: Pilates action happening there. And look, if we're going to say it's for one reason, then that's that. And we can get down to Studio Equilibrio and Lafayette.
0: And by the way, Jason Webber, who this question was dealt to, that didn't even crack a mention. All we did was just give the old ching. Well, Jace, for Pilates uh, Schofield should have given me a call, Jace. All right, uh, Dan in Maylands uh, it could be Dan behind
2: the mic over here, maybe not. Yeah, this is the last one. By the way, is Jason Horn Francis too big for his boots? Seems like he needs to pull his head in a bit halfway through the rookie year. Do you think he's living up to the hype? After I will add. Um, it was a it was a clip around the ears in a in a, a tackle attempt from Jason Horn Francis, who I think he'll get one or two
0: weeks for. You know, I like the fact he's got a bit of spirit, a bit of spunk about him. I mean, and you're playing in a team; it's going to be difficult in your first year with a bit of attention on you. you Expected to perform as the number one draft pick. Now, if, if he was taken at number six, seven, eight, that detention would be yeah, nowhere near the same level. So, uh, look, I haven't seen enough of him. Yeah. To, to to say whether he's going too big for his boots, but I like the fact he's got a bit of feistiness. Obviously, you don't want to get suspended, but the question is, does he want to beat that football club long term? I think that's his call to make in the next six or twelve months. Yeah, I don't think I would. Um, anyway, I, I
2: yeah, I I'd be I'd be holding up for as long as possible. See if they make any changes to coaching coach. wise. Yep. Uh, what sort of players they bring in? Um, you can hold that out as long as you like. I reckon as Jason Horn Francis because be he cool. can write his own check. Um, that's it. That's it. Done and dusted. Yep. We've we got the
0: Melbourne-Collingwood uh, game Should to watch. Should be a beauty this afternoon. So, well, we've both tipped Melbourne. But back here Thursday. And uh, Thursday night footy back. Carlton, Richmond. Another ripping game. Find us on
2: social Shelter Footy Cast. Find us on YouTube. Back chat or Shelter Footy Cast. You can find us on the website. Uh, shelterbrewing.com.au. Our beers. Links in bio across all
0: socials. I will ask to finish... Did you get those Jats crackers out over the weekend? No, but my wife's going with my daughters to Melbourne on Wednesday, so I'm going to have Thursday, Friday, Saturday. My house will look like, uh, what is it, the hangover in Las Vegas by the end of it all, I reckon. The Tiger and Mike Tyson and God knows what. No, she won't see this, I'm fine. Will Schofield,
2: Mike Tyson, see you later, shot Footy Cast.